0: All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Days of Don podcast. Super excited for what we got going on today. We've got fellow Dickinson alumnus, Pat Irwin, uh, Dickinson Red Devil football player, uh, doing some really great works in the nonprofit sector on the side. Really excited to have him on today. Got a lot of good stuff and just kind of hear like, you know, what his mindset is and what's driving him to, you know, keep doing what he's doing. Pat, pleasure to have you on today.
1: Thanks, Don. Happy to be here. Um, I appreciate you putting this together, uh, getting the word out of what we're about what we're doing, and hopefully reaches some people, you know, for future collaboration, donors, and whatnot. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I saw you on LinkedIn. We were connected through that, and we met one time briefly, but, you know, I kind of got yeah. just looking at
1: your that was profile. That's the first time I ever uh, posted on LinkedIn, so happy I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you see where that shit goes. Um, yeah, so, you know, kind of just, like, Tell us a little bit about yourself and like, you know, what's, what's your, what was your background? Where, like, what you date in college? And like, you know, kind of just what you've been doing recently.
1: Well, it depends how far back you want me to go. (laughs) How Uh, much time you got today?
0: (laughs) uh, As much time as you need, man. I guess, you know, just with what, with what we want to talk about, which is your, you know, your nonprofit consulting firm, what, like kind of just where that all started I guess starting in college I mean I
1: mean I mean I that really I, I got to go way back I mean that started uh really with my family and and my grandfather um specifically we, he he uh was really active in our in our local community Altoona Pennsylvania um and when I was about nine or so um he was at the time is volunteering in an after-school program in a, a low-income housing project and uh, in the summer, he would go down and play baseball with the kids. So, you know, I was going outside every day with with like 10 of my friends um, playing baseball anyway. So he said, well, why don't you guys just come down, um, play with the kids, get more people to play with and have a good time. So that was my first kind of, I well, was really volunteering experience, but first um, experience, you know, seeing him volunteer. Um, and then... I'm not sure why. I don't remember why my dad did this. I think he maybe just wanted to get me out of the house. But uh, when I was 12, he said, you're going to uh, – you, you need to do something you know, else other than go outside and play, which is kind of crazy because I was 12. So what's wrong with going outside and playing when you're 12? Yeah, right. That's,
0: but, I thought that's what we're all supposed to do.
1: He had this, this good idea or this idea that it would be good for me uh, to go You know, volunteer or work, do work. Um, so three days a week, I would walk to the bus station, um, take the bus downtown, and I started volunteering at this uh, free health clinic, hospital-based outpatient health clinic that is actually was founded and run by the doctor that I work for now. Um, so that was kind of how, how it all started. And I just kept involved over the years with different volunteer projects. Uh, Miracle League of Blair County, Team Impact when I was at Dickinson, uh be the match when I was at Dickinson with the football team. Yep. Um, and just really it was it was just really solidified in my mind with my family and my experiences. Um it, it, it just wasn't set up to me. There was no way that I was gonna chase a job uh for money because it, it really just had no no merit to me and my, you know, internal peace of mind or joy. Um so I always kind of sought out opportunities that were going to be doing some good in the world because through these experiences um, and just my life, I've seen people that just really, you know, d- don't have what we have from an opportunity and resource standpoint. And literally we did nothing to earn that. You know, we we got that just because we were born to the family we were born into. That's it. So, I mean, you know, you talk about all people created equal. Well, t- not, not an equal opportunity as far as I'm concerned. So I, I like to do projects that kind of give those people that weren't given, you know, given the short end of the stick, uh, some opportunities and resources to really push themselves. Sorry for the long answer. That, that'll probably be the longest one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, man, dude, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And like, you know, you speak about gratitude and, you know, we're all supposed to be created equally uh, but you know, a lot of us are a lot more privileged than you know a lot of these people that you've been able to work with. And yeah,
1: I mean, we can we can get into all the, you know, I hear the debate, capitalism, socialism, blah 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 blah. Uh, I'm not I'm not too concerned with that because I don't know I don't know enough about that. But I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know. You don't see many people born into rich families and become poor, like it just doesn't happen. So it's pretty obvious to me um, that we're not, we're not given equal opportunity from the start. And, um, and one of the biggest things to kind of even that out is, is to democratize education, to make sure everybody has an access to an equal education. Because I mean, especially from what I saw in Tanzania, it's the, the difference between being educated and uneducated is, is unbelievable. And we think there's a huge gap in the U.S., and there is a gap. But when you see in Tanzania where it's somebody getting a really good education, like kind of on par with with what it would be here, versus somebody getting no education at all, I mean, the person getting no education at all—they they just have no shot. They have no shot. Yeah, I you know I can kind of
0: relate to that. I will, you know, I haven't done as much work as you have, but I went on uh, I went on a mission trip to a small village in Mexico uh, right after I graduated high school, and you know we helped. We helped build the church, uh, church there. Um, a big cabana. They were trying to open a little restaurant in town. Uh, you know, just helping with lots of different projects and ultimately just like being able to play with the kids and you know just see like you know how. Well, one thing they had one person in the whole village who every single family would give a little bit of money and you know these these families come from not they, they don't have much of anything and we go there. And they're just, they're welcoming us, welcoming us into their homes. You know, they're cooking meals for us. You know, they're just so grateful that we're helping. And they have one person in the whole village that all these, all these families, they help pay for him to go to college, you know, just because they saw the potential and just from all the, all the stuff that he's been able to do, you know, given despite the circumstances he was dealt, he's just kind of been able to overcome them. And by you guys doing that in Tanzania, you know, if, if one of those people, you know, you're giving them a, an opportunity for an education, which is incredible. And, but, you know, if even, if even one of those kids goes on to like do something that can continue to help the village, it just goes down the line. You know, if we can just all like teach compassion, gratitude, and just, you know, give a little bit, like this world would be in just such a better state than it is now
1: yeah i mean that, that's one thing that really excites me to see is uh once these kids grow up because I, i'm i'm going there every year uh to make sure our project's going all right see how things are going what needs change and whatnot uh, and seeing the kids every year and they they the second time i went back yeah they recognized me um it, it, it's going to be cool to see you know when they're older what what happens i'm i'm kind of excited um to see and as they get older i, I think we'll be more in touch with them. Um, to try to kind of try to foster that um, that feeling for them to say okay I've been given this so let me let me hand it off to somebody else let me let me give back and just see how that could turn into just this exponential you know effects of of what we're doing now
0: yeah man that's incredible so like how many you've been like you said you go there every year how many times have you been there so far
1: well that uh, I've only actually been there twice Okay. I started the project after a volunteer trip that I had in um, the fall, of, fall to spring of twenty nine or twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, okay. and then I I returned uh, in December uh, this last year, so right around New Year's.
0: Gotcha. So you told me that, uh, and I read about it's Selfless Solutions is a nonprofit consulting. You know, I think a lot of people hear consulting and they might assume like it's strictly for like, you know a bank or a big corporate firm. Like I always heard like, Oh, like there's a lot of money in consulting, but you know, it's, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough profession. Like, can you explain a little bit, like, you know, what nonprofit consulting is kind of just like clear the air?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty consulting is a pretty vague term. Um, And the only reason I chose it is because it is pretty vague and gives us a lot of freedom uh, to work. And I'm looking at the definition right here and it says, engage in the business of giving expert advice to people working, you know, in a professional or technical field. So I, I see why people are making money because you know, like, like I said before, you know, knowledge is power. I really, I really understand that now. So, you know, if you're, if you're more knowledgeable than your competition, I could see why somebody would pay a lot of money for that. Um, why, why I called Self solutions, a nonprofit consulting group, and then I tack on and support services. Um, mm-hmm is just because through my own experience seeing nonprofit projects, both in Tanzania and in the U S you have a lot of good ideas and good intentions, but the efficacy is not always there. So, you know, the the goal that they're trying to reach, they don't, they don't always get there because of a lack of know-how or, or that kind of thing. Um, So that's why, and then when I was starting on a nonprofit myself, you know, I'm looking around like, okay, well, what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what, what steps should I take? And I can get some advice, but it wasn't like readily available. Like, do this, 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 and this. So I thought, you know, it, it'd be nice to have. And I know there's 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 a couple groups out there that do this, but there's not a lot. Where somebody who has an idea, um, and that's what we're working on right now with this uh, prison entrepreneurship program, in Pennsylvania. This guy wanted to bring this program to PA. Um, he's looking for help. So I was like, all right, well, our group will help you. Um, let's do this, this, and this. And it really, you know, helps leap, leapfrog that process instead of taking all the time, which I did, uh, to figure the ins and outs of, of how to start it and get it going.
0: Yeah, so you, so the prison entrepreneurship program, would these, can you explain that a little bit? Like, I'm not really, I don't think anybody on here really is. You know of too aware with that.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah it it's a it's a pro, uh, project based in Texas um, where uh, both volunteer and staff go in it's kind of like a mini MBA program uh, for prisoners, and they also set them up it, it's it's to give them that that education. There's also a leadership academy part of it uh, to kind of correct some of the behavior that uh, that got them there so that once they go out, you know one of the biggest things for prisoners is getting employment um so once they go out they're they're set up already with that education and then with the connections to go out and get a job or start their own business and then also with the ongoing support with that behavior portion of it make sure they don't end up back in prison so it's in texas now um I, there's a guy in pa that wanted to bring it to pennsylvania and I, I was connected to him through one of our our marketing experts and i said all right well we're gonna ha- we're gonna help you do this, and and we've been doing that for the last couple months.
0: That's incredible. That's that sounds like an awesome like opportunity, especially like you know for these people, and I'm sure a lot of them like would be like absolutely willing to like come and help, like if that you know if that project does eventually get put up here to PA. Um, yep.
1: Yeah. We're shooting for the fall. i had the first class in a uh, SCI Phoenix. It's outside of Philly. Philly uh, in the fall of 2021. Hopefully we'll still hit that with all the coronavirus stuff coming on, but that's uh that's the timeline right now. <clears throat>
0: gotcha. So you graduated in twenty seventeen, but you didn't start selfless solutions until this path or in twenty nineteen, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, what were you like what were you doing until then? And did you ever think that like I know you work you work a full you work a day job for Empower Three, right? As, you know. Um,
1: which is it's a day job but it's not exactly a day job i mean that's right. a that's a startup company so there's a lot more into it than just the, the regular you know nine to five i kind of got to be you know in it at pretty sometimes all hours of the day
0: <laughs> yeah i know i was I, when i was talking to you you're like yeah i can squeak in some time on at noon <laughs> on saturday you know you know can't, can't tomorrow can't Friday, can't sunday um so yeah i appreciate you getting on but, um, you know, like, is this something you eventually want to transition into full time is, uh, your nonprofit startup?
1: Good question. One, I'm, uh, <laughs> one I'm figuring out, trying to figure out for myself. Uh, I, I could definitely see it, see it happening, but I also really like what we're doing, uh, within power three. Um, so I could see myself staying on in some capacity there. Um, but yeah, I got to try to fit in a life here, here somewhere. Yeah. Outside of working, so <laughs> I'll wait to see. I'm gonna. I just submitted my application yesterday to a graduate program at Carnegie Mellon uh, in Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, awesome! So
1: I'll probably be doing that for the next three years, assuming I get in. And uh, I, I'm thinking I won't have to make that decision until at least at least I'm done there.
0: So will you be able to still do your work with uh, Empower Three and Selfless Solutions on top of your? Uh, grad school work that's the plan yeah i love it
1: i mean it's it's a part-time program um made for working professionals uh so i'm the all the class are in the evening Um, i won't be taking a full course load so i'm hoping i'll handle it i mean with all the stuff that i'm doing with uh you know both companies i have to learn so much on my own anyways um which I fit, which is kind of what prompted me to go to graduate school. I'm like, I'm learning all this on my own. It'd be nice if somebody could just tell me what I should know (laughs) instead of trying to like go back to the nonprofit thing. It takes a lot more time to learn things on your own than to get taught it from somebody else.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's one thing is like, you know, we can, we should never stop learning either. Like, you know, take the time to, to like, you know, really put yourself into your studies and like you know everything that you're interested in but you know you also I always see like these big entrepreneurs and these big like social media gurus like people really underestimate uh like the amount like what you can do from like you know 6 to 10 after working like 9 to 5 and it's you know it's those people who are driven and are you know following their passion and they you know they really care about something you know that are going to be successful and it's not an easy, short road. It's a long road filled with, you know, baby steps and like the sum of all these little things, you know, is eventually going to lead you where where you want to go. Like I think I asked, asked you an unfair question actually, you know, like, you know, like, is this something that you want to go to full time? Like, you know, like you, and you gave a great answers, you know, I don't know, but like, I'm going to let you, know, I'm going to go with the wind and just keep doing what I'm doing. And you know, I yeah. think, yeah,
1: go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ever, like I was telling you when I started volunteering for that doctor when I was 12, uh, he asked me a question. He said, what are you going to be when you're older? And I was 12 and I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to be. He goes, why don't you be a doctor? And I said, okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I like what you're doing here. You're helping a lot of people. Uh, seems like a noble profession. That's what I'm gonna do. And I made the decision on that day. That was what I was going to do. Um, didn't really question it all high school and, and, In college graduated with bio bio pre-med um it wasn't until um i had to study for the mcat which is a monster and you know i i i was kind of just half doing it i could really never get myself into it and it was coming to the point it's like okay if i want to go to medical school this is going to take some serious work and and then i asked myself the question it's like do do you want to to, to make that commitment do you want to do it why do you want to do it? And then I started thinking, you know, he was I the real interest I had in, in in what the doctor was doing, which is now in power three, was the larger um the larger work of changing the healthcare delivery payment model and all this stuff. Um that that kind of the business of healthcare kind of. So I asked myself, I was like, why am I gonna to go to school for four years and spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn the nitty gritty details of medicine when it's not even what I'm interested in. And then that was kind of right at the end of, of, uh, right before I went to Tanzania, I made the decision. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go to medical school, called the doctor up, talked about it. He's like, yeah, I think, you know, I think you're make, probably making the right decision. Um, and then I went to Tanzania and I, and I had originally signed up to do the, the healthcare, uh, a healthcare experience in a hospital there. And, I realized I was just kind of standing around. They had us there just because they get paid to do that. And the charity hospitals need the money. And I had no training. I was like, well, this is a waste of everybody's time here. Like, here's my money from the experience. Use it well. I heard about this other guy feeding and teaching 40 kids by himself. Seems like I could definitely help out more there. And that's how I ended up there. But, yeah, I mean, you the, you follow, follow your passion. And my passion was uh, – to make much, you know, the things that need change, you see people suffering, you want to do something about it. That's kind of my passion. It doesn't, it's not, it's not specific to healthcare or education or criminal justice or whatever. So that's why I created Self-Solutions so that I could kind of have my hand in whatever project I wanted to.
0: Yeah. I think people often like think too much about like, you know, their next move and, and, you know, they let their parents, you know, their siblings, grandparents, mentors, people like that, kind of like manipulate them into like, you know, they should go into one field, like, you know, they paid all this money, they brought you up through private school, they put you through, you know, $300,000 worth of college, and then they want you to go to law school. And then, you know, you get you get into your first year of law school, and you're like, This fucking sucks. Like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. But you know, their parents are so
1: far in at that point. I mean, you have to do it,
0: right? Like, but I don't know. The the reason I started this podcast is just because, like, you you know, you don't have to follow the status quo. You don't have to be like the stereotypical whatever. Like, like I mean, you. I'm sure you have a lot of people like saying, you know, why don't you just go to medical school, become a doctor, like make a ton of money.
1: But I actually had somebody last night. Uh, we were sitting on on um, a neighbor's porch, having a couple of beers, just talking about life. And uh, one of my friends said, you know, you ever think you try too hard? <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably. And he goes, well, maybe you should just put all your talents and skills into one thing, like empower three, you know, make a bunch of money that way. Uh, you still be helping people. Um, you know, that that's kind of the mindset you're talking about. And I'm just like. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, money, money is great. Like we needed to survive, but
1: like, I mean, I mean, if you're somebody whose family could afford to put you through private education, I mean, take advantage of that situation. Right. Like, you know, it, it's a different thing what I'm seeing in Tanzania where, you know, I had, uh, you know, I had privilege and I, I didn't come from the wealthiest family world, but my family was decently well off. So I know that, say I fail and I, and I come up short and I don't make any money, I at least have a bed to sleep in and food to eat. It's not like, you know, you know I'm going to starve. I have no kids. I have no one to support. I mean, take advantage of that situation and, and really find out what you want to do and, and make risks because once you have, you know, if you have kids or whatever, then, you know, you can't take as many risks because you got to put food on the table.
0: Yeah, I think you know. I think a lot of people also today are just, especially with, you know, coronavirus going on, like how how many, how many jobs have been lost, how many people are on employ are on unemployment. Uh, you know, I think that's going it's gonna be hard. I think it's a great time for people to you know start doing something that they've always wanted to do, like step out of their comfort zone. Like for me, I thought this was a perfect time to start this podcast that I've been trying to do for a while now, and I you know I just leisurely like I was taking notes, I was consuming content. But it wasn't until, you know, I took that next step and I was like, you know, I saw a bunch of people. I've seen a bunch of companies that have shut down production and are solely making masks or people who are bringing food down to Philadelphia and other cities, uh, you know, giving of their time. Like my mom, my mother, every Friday makes, you know, a ton of bag lunches and drives them down to the city and gives them to, to kids who need it. And like, it's just little things like that. Like, that you can be a model, like you can do the smallest things, the smallest acts of kindness. And, you know, you can inspire people and you don't know what kind of change you're inspiring in them, but you know, we're, we, a lot of us are really, we've been, we've been blessed with like everything we've been given and, but we need to pay that forward. Like we can't just take it for granted. You know, we got to keep paying that forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's, and this is kind of the reason why I went to Tanzania is I always wanted to be just thrown into a, a culture and a community where uh, they don't have what we have, you know, and some people are there, why would you ever want to do that? And it's because, you know, if you ever read the book Walden, you know, about, about, Walt, you, are you familiar with Walden? I'm not. It's, it's uh, Henry David Thoreau's book, where he went out in the woods in Massachusetts and basically uh, just got rid of everything excess. You know, he ate like rice, you know, drank water, had a really small house.
0: So like trans, like the whole transcendentalist.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: So I guess Tanzania was a little bit like like my Walden. You know, when you see people existing without these things, it's a lot easier to focus on you know what actually what actually matters.
0: I agree. That's exactly the same thing I saw in Mexico, and you know, I kind of, I feel I catch myself at times like, you know when like you look at somebody else and it's so hard, like not to like be jealous, I guess it's some like for somebody having, for somebody being more materialistic than you, but like, you know, that's when you take a step back and it's like, what do I really need? And, you know, you think about those experiences you've had where you see these people, like for me, it was Mexico, for you it's Tanzania, Uh, like all these people who have so much less than us, but they're, they just have so much empathy and gratitude uh for- yeah,
1: and some people say they, you know, they have more empathy more gratitude whatever i'm not sure that that's the case but you know they just have they have no other choice but to you know here's their situation and, and it's almost you know i'm not going to say that because I, I get in trouble for that but it's, so it's, everyone- it's almost it's almost easier for them to focus on what matters because they don't have all the distractions and and the choices and the money that that some people in you know in the U.S. and Europe have.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, I mean, how many people do you see become rich and famous, and then their life just gets completely derailed. Like it, it, it's, it's almost harder when you have everything to focus on what matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta tr- you gotta try to mess up at that point, like.
1: But I've also seen I've also seen a flip side, which is. Uh, you know what kind of back to what we're doing in Tanzania is you literally have no options. And at that point, you know, I, I, you see the despair and stuff kick in because it doesn't matter how hard you work. There's not really an avenue for you to put that work in and see results.
0: Right. Yeah. There's no, there's no growth. Like no matter how, like in a, in a society like America and Europe and others, like, you know, the harder you work and this and that, like, you know, you have opportunities, there's more opportunities to take the next step, you know, they're they're not given, no matter how, how hard they work, they're just trying but to. I, I mean, I
1: would even challenge that to say, even in, in the US and in Europe, I mean, uh, you look at some of the situations that people come from and really it's like, they didn't really have a chance. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it, the, the prison program that we're, we're, we're looking at, yep. um, mm-hmm. you see a family where, it, it's somebody coming from a family that, that's really, you know, poor financially, you know uh disrupted uh, separated family uh violent neighborhoods whatever what how do they do they really have have a chance you know they could work as hard as they want but i mean they're dealing with all this stuff it, it, you know uh, i digress
0: yeah no yeah, i guess <laughs> I, I agree i agree with you completely i guess i was just saying like yeah i, I kind of I took that the wrong way but like yeah there is there is people like in America and Europe and, you know, everywhere else we're talking about that, you know, they are, it's, it's harder for them to, to take that next step. So yeah, you know, that's, I'm, I'm really excited to just like have this podcast and have people like you on who, you know, you, you can share, you know, what you're doing, why you're doing it. And, you know, just like your perspective, your motivation and you know, what drives you. And
1: yeah. that's, that's No, I, I appreciate it. Cause a lot of this stuff, you know, these are the things I think about every day, cause I'm whacked. But thought uh, <laughs> about writing it down somewhere. You know, maybe it'll do some good. Um, but I'm not the kind of guy who likes to likes to talk about what I'm doing or or you know, throw my name out there. Uh, um, I'd rather just kind of just do the work and and whatever. But it just it just doesn't work that way. You know, if I want to want these projects t- to be sustainable and succeed. You know, I kind of was forced to throw myself out there. <laughs> I didn't have a choice, and I appreciate you bringing me on because you know it gives me a chance to say some of these things. Where if you weren't pulling it from me, I, it's not coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know I think that what you're doing and what a lot of people are doing, uh, some other guests that like I want to have on on the show here is, um, you know, it, it needs to be talked about, and like you know, like if if you're not able to, if you you know if you're not able to get it out as much, like, you know, hopefully I can be a help and, you know, just put it out there on all different platforms. Like you never know where it's going to go, who's going to see it. So, yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, that's some people, a lot of people say, well, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help you guys succeed? I mean, that's like the biggest thing is, Mm -hmm. is getting the word out of what we're doing so that it might reach somebody who who wants to contribute financially or might reach to somebody that's like, well, I, I have this skill or I know this, I have this business or I have this connection that I can, we could collaborate. But the more people that it reaches, you know, the more chance you have of that happening.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super happy to help. And I'm super honored for you to come on here as my first guest. Um, You know, we both wear the red, we both share a lot of the same values. And I'm sure that's, that's taught you a lot in, uh, in what you're doing. I know, you know, wearing the red for me is taught me a lot of like discipline, you know, hard work. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure it has for you too.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is, this is kind of stuff to get me in trouble, but I, mean, <laughs> I, I didn't quite get that feel that same experience from my, my Dickinson uh, playing days mm-hmm. uh, just cause I, I came from a program, a football program in a school, a small school, a Catholic school in PA. And we had a lot of pride and a lot of tradition. And I had three of my, my grandfather, and my, my two older cousins both won the, like, MVP award at the football team. Like, my grandfather was a coach for 40 years. Like, I was coming up in that program, you know, and I had a lot of pride to win and and be successful because, I mean, my di- grandpa's name was on the field. So, it was like, you know, in my face, like, I want to succeed because because of the tradition you have. And then I came to Dickinson, it was like, there's a, there's a you know, there's a tradition and culture or whatever, but I don't know any of these people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Do I really care if Dickinson football is successful? No. I mean, I'm gonna play as hard as I can um, because that's just what you do if you're gonna put that amount of time into it. Uh, but what I will say is there's a lot of good people, especially uh, coaches that I, I would say it's you know people talk about the program. I'd say it's it's, it's more the people that are, the people, that, are yeah. that that are gonna make the difference. and and you got coach you got people like Coach Quatron uh was a big mentor for me and now the director of athletics coach bro when he was there. Um, I really respected these people and, and you see them doing things the right ways and, and you want to do the same.
0: Yeah. You talked about Coach Joel Quatron. You know, he recruited me. He got me to Dickinson. You know, still one of my hey, biggest me mentors. Too. <laughs> you know he's he's an awesome guy. One of my one of my biggest mentors and yeah he's just he's really taught me like the value of just you know people. Like you know how involved he is with be the match and you know how much that means to him and you know it made us like as a team you know it made it made us want to help him It want, want to make it more successful you know we got 80 something guys on the team like you can make a huge difference you know if all of us just do like a little bit of good work
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's somebody it's somebody like that that I keep in contact with And one of my you know that application just said in was one of my recommendations and I reached out to him when I was doing self solutions to kind of try to make connections to college to, you know, raise money. And, you know, even, you know, I could see us doing some, some sort of uh, connection with their global uh, study abroad program. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I didn't hear any about any programs in Tanzania when I was in college. So (laughs) I'm there, I'm not fluent yet, but I'm I'm getting there in Swahili. So, you know, I could maybe set those up and, and we could work something out. So it's those kinds of things that, that you know I'm trying to set
0: up yeah I think that's the most uh the thing I've, I've taken in my well my th- junior year was cut short but uh in these couple couple years <laughs> I've been, yeah, stinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know with uh that's another thing you know with my senior year you know I'm you know I'm praying that we're able to get back and I'm able to play my senior season but you know it kind of really just dawned on me like you know you got to act you got to act now you can't wait because you don't know when like an opportunity is going to like decease. cease. So that's why, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm starting this podcast right now. I want to hear from people. I'm gonna, like, you, you're a former student athlete. You know, you've talked about what you've been doing. I want to hear from a ton of like past student athletes and you know, how they transition from, you know, college life to the real world, not playing sports anymore. Um, because you know, that's, it's kind of staring me right in the face a little earlier than I thought. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little bit late to the game, but uh, I would say, you know, take some time, do some experiences before you decide what you're going to do with your life. You know, a, a lot of other places um, in the U.S., and it's huge in Europe, you know, the gap year after high school, it, it to me, it just makes so much more sense. Now, if if you can do it financially, um, it makes so much sense to do that. Um, but I mean, if you're even in college, I mean, I I kind of took a Two year gap year. (laughs) I mean, uh, after college, and you know, it's not too late for you to do the same. Right?
0: Yeah, and everybody—that's kind of something I'm realizing—is like everybody's got their own path. Like, there's no, there's no right way to go through life. There's no wrong way to go through life. You know, we all are gonna have ups and downs, and we're all gonna have bumps in the road. We're all gonna have doubters. It's how you know. It's just staying focused on you know what you value the most. And what you want to get out of life and you know it's all about what you put into it and so i appreciate you you know just coming on here and you know talking preaching your story and you know your your journey
1: yeah no problem i mean i mean one of the last things I, i would leave is is for people to just just live man just live you know it that's the blessing of of going to spending time in in uh tanzania and even europe is just we have such a mindset in the U.S., I mean, I can recognize it big time myself. Of of uh, working hard to achieve something and really goal focused and oriented, and if if that's your whole life, you know, you're you're missing, you're missing out on what's going on now. So don't spend your whole life chasing something. Do what you love, but don't don't focus solely on becoming something. Just just live. And I'm and I'm probably the worst. Person at this, but that's what I'm trying
0: to do. No, man, that's great stuff. I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's much more to be said. So, you know, Pat, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for taking time. I know you got a lot going on. But uh, one last thing is, you know, how can how can I and how can we, you know, as listeners, uh, how are we able to help you and you know your cause in Tanzania?
1: Well, I mean, number one, obviously, is. Send us your money. You know that that always helps uh, for a nonprofit project. Um, so you can donate through our our website Um, All that money through our organization right now is going to our uh, education projects in Tanzania to to, to give food, healthcare, um, and education services to kids in need. Um, so that that's one way. Uh, we're, we're working on some other avenues uh, to generate some income, so we're not. You know, focus solely on donations. So we'll be offering more uh, travel opportunities. We we're, we do volunteering as well, but you know, some of the volunteering experiences out there end up doing more harm than good. And really, what they are is people want to travel and say they're volunteering. Just travel, you know, with us because we already have agreements with safari companies in Tanzania. Uh, we're working on getting more, but where they're going to donate twenty five percent of the profits right back to our project. So if you want to travel, just travel, and it's still helping us. So that's that's another way. And then three is, I'd love to hear from people like you uh, about how we can work together to to make things happen that need to happen. Um, so if you have a business or an idea or whatever, reach out to me. I'd love to get with you and and make it happen. You know, I, I called Selva Solutions, a nonprofit consulting support services, whatever. But I mean, really, what I just wanted to put was Selva Solutions. Let's make shit happen. <laughs> That's all I wanted to put. On. I love it. Man. I love it. <laughs> let's get together and whatever change needs to happen, let's work to ha- make it happen. I mean, whatever terminology you want to put around that, whatever consulting works, I guess.
0: Absolutely, I love it. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'll drop your when I drop this uh, this episode, I'm gonna put your, I'm gonna drop your link uh, to Selfless Solutions along with it. And uh, yeah, so everybody, thank you for listening today. Pat, thank you for being on, and, you know, I wish you the best of luck in the future, and, you know, I'm looking forward to also, you know, staying in touch, seeing what I can do to help out with Selfless Solutions, and, you know, thank you for your insight and, uh, you know, just sharing your experience with us today.
1: Thanks. Appreciate having me on. All right.